I think the values of a company, that's easy to ultimately easier to talk about. You know, we can put stuff on websites, we can put it on our internet so we can talk about culture. But ultimately, how do you connect people? How do you get them to to feel, to feel part of an organization? And I think people want to right now, they want to feel seen. That requires an awful lot of thought, I think, amongst organizations as to how they can create an environment for that to happen. And you know, managers and leaders play a huge role there because they're the kind of carriers of culture into their teams. And how do they help people to feel seen, to feel like the organization and their manager cares about them? Hello and welcome to the Digital Irish Podcast, a podcast all about Irish innovators and entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Dave Byrne. There has been no escaping recent conversations about quiet quitting and employee burnout. It seems like that across every industry that these things are being discussed right now. So that's why I was particularly interested to hear from James Brogan, who is a co-founder of Pep Talk. Now, if you haven't heard of Pep Talk, uh, Pep Talk is a organization that is looking to gain real-time data and insights into uh, employees' engagement and well-being. The goal of this is to really improve culture at organizations and make sure that employees are showing up in the best ways possible because they are being supported by those organizations. So this is a really helpful tool, but also as an organization and as an individual, James has some fascinating insights into why we are kind of seeing this this discussion of employee burnout and engagement and quiet quitting uh, appearing so frequently right now and how organizations can actually tackle these challenges and really make sure that employees feel heard, feel engaged and can really show up in a positive way. Hope you enjoy this interview. Firstly, James, uh, thank you so much for taking out the time and joining us on the Digital Irish Podcast. No problem at all, Dave. Delighted to get an opportunity to chat uh, a little about Pep Talk and the world of work. Well, to begin, I'd love for you to take us back to when you and the other co-founders first decided Pep Talk was something that you wanted to pursue. What was the moment or what was the buildup that led you to that decision? Yeah, and I suppose it seems a little bit of time away now. We're, we're, we're over four years Um as as a as a startup now, Dave Pep Talk, and yeah, I suppose my, my own background had been in 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 law, and I, so I'd worked in 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 I suppose the corporate environment, and I'd, I'd seen I guess some of the challenges there emerging with you know ways of working, managing people, engaging staff, leadership, and and how that was changing, and 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 I'd spent a number of years as a solicitor, uh, so I suppose on one sense I'd seen challenges with the current operating model when it came to engaging employees and getting the best out of them. And similar as a, as a co-founding team, we, we'd also had a lot of um, exposure to, I suppose, sports at a high level. And I guess had seen increasingly the idea of, you know, exploring this idea of what's the difference between a good team and a great team. And I was lucky enough and, and Bernard and, and others were lucky enough to be part of a high performance culture. And increasingly at the time when we set up Pep Talk, there was this increasing 
appetite among senior leaders to understand that. And, and you know, when you think about what great teams are about, they're generally, it's, it's a feeling you have. It's this sense of being part of something great, that sense of belonging you have, the sense of committing to one another in terms of a greater goal. And there's a huge amount of purpose. And, and you know, anyone who's been involved in teams, whether it's work teams, whether it's sport teams, and you ask them what that feels like, it's generally it's something that's very positive and it's something they remember uh, as a very positive time in their life. So I think, you know, having been exposed to that sense of culture and high performance and, and then seeing your leaders increasingly interested in it, Dave, we, we felt there was a there was an opportunity to, to almost put some tangible habits and activities around that kind of difference, that bit in the middle, and, and how amazing would it be to, to work with organizations and trying to build great cultures, great teams, and ultimately great performing companies. And like every startup, we've, we've evolved in terms of our messaging, we've evolved the product based on our feedback, but we're very excited now, you know, in terms of the the future and obviously since since COVID the, the the world of work is is has transformed in a way and we're really only now I think at that point where that transformation is beginning to bed in a little bit and I think organizations there's still a ton of uncertainty out there there's a ton of uncertainty obviously in the in the world <laughs> there's a ton of uncertainty in the world of work as well and I think there's a ton of uncertainty amongst employers as to how to best approach this next number of years with their people. So I think from Pep Talk perspective, you know, we, we've built what we feel is a very exciting product. We've a, we've a very, what we feel is a unique message out there around what we call team experience, which is this idea of creating great habits and behaviors amongst your team. And right now that's where a lot of work is being done. You know, most organizations, the office is a, is a quieter place than what it was a number of years ago. So an awful lot of work is being done now within teams. And while productivity tools are, are everywhere to help us all connect and, and, and get work done, you know, coming back to our initial discussion around the why a pep talk, a big part of that was trust. A big part of that was understanding that trust would be the bedrock of high performing teams. And how would you bring that into the organization? And I, I think that's one of the biggest challenges right now. How do you create trust when we're not, you know, it used to happen very organically. Um, so we're at the early stages of that. So, yeah, so listen, very excited to chat today about the journey of Pep Talk. But, you know, there was lots of interesting insights a number of years ago that, that I suppose set us on this journey to where we are today. And, you know, you've kind of touched on it there, but like obviously the last two plus years have been a fascinating one in, in one perspective of like just the change, the massive changing nature in the workplace. But to to your point, it's like, how do you then kind of build that culture and that trust virtually, especially as you're bringing on new employees and trying to uh, bring them into the, the work culture? Uh, so how is like the, the original mission or objective of Pep Talk evolved to kind of uh, to tackle these things? Because obviously, you know, you guys identified some of these challenges pre-pandemic, but I imagine they've only been exacerbated during the pandemic as well. And yeah, listen, obviously we, we, we set up ourselves pre, pre-pandemic and at that point certainly believed that, you know, to get the best out of people, Dave, you've got to create the environments for that to happen. And I think whether that's people in the office, whether it's people remote, 
whether it's people in a hybrid environment, you've got to create an environment um, where people can ultimately feel a sense of, you know, psychological safety. They can feel a, a connection to the culture and ultimately, you know, bring them best, bring their best selves to work. And I, I think that was always our belief that underpinning performance was the creation of this environment. But certainly, I think what's happened of COVID is creating that environment has become more difficult because if you think about it in an office environment, the challenge was was different in the sense of culture happened much more. It almost happened by osmosis. You know, you had a sense people come to the office, certain culture carriers would probably bring the culture along and create that sense of togetherness and camaraderie. So that's really, really hard now. So I think the creation, you know, the mission of creating an environment for teams to perform at their best remains the same. I think the challenge has probably become almost more difficult, but ultimately therein lies for us the opportunity, I guess, to really support with connecting employees to the culture of the organization. I don't think the challenge is necessarily alignment. I think the values of a company, that's easy to ultimately easier to talk about. You know, we can put stuff on websites, we can put it on our internet so we can talk about culture. But ultimately, how do you connect people? How do you get them to, to feel, to feel part of an organization? And I think there was a lovely piece I came across last week that ultimately people want to right now, they want to feel seen. They don't want to necessarily be seen. So the idea of coming to the office is not necessarily what the ask is. It's ultimately... So where the feeling happens is is almost secondary. But what people are asking for, I think, is to, to feel seen. And that requires an awful lot of thought, I think, amongst organizations as to how they can create an environment for that to happen. And, you know, managers and leaders play a huge role there because they're the kind of carriers of culture into their teams. And how do they help people to feel seen, to feel like the organization and their manager cares about them? And I think definitely... There's been a bit of a shift in that sense in terms of what the employee is looking to from the organization. But we're seeing an awful lot of that, you know, creating that sense of belonging. And we're very ultimately proud to work with organizations that are that are that are looking to, to, to solve and support this issue. One of the things I've been reading a lot about recently is just how, especially like Gen Z as they're coming out of uh, university now, they seem to have a higher attraction towards businesses that share their own values or businesses that they feel like that the culture is a better fit for them than they do for like just pure kind of financial reasons. You know, it's like, hey, I'm willing to take the job that has a lower pay, but a better culture than the job that has high pay, but what could be a pretty terrible culture. So it's really an interesting kind of, shift that it seems to be um, more prominent now with like the younger age demographics as well. Oh, it's huge. And, and like you can imagine, and this is the challenge as I, as I touched on. So you, you, you play out that, that interview process with a candidate of that generation. And it really is then about, you know, what's the culture like? And, and the challenge now is I think pre-pandemic, you'd walk the halls with the candidates and you'd talk about the, the benefits and the you know, our great office environment and all the wonderful free things you get when you come in here. Now it's somewhat more challenging because you need to talk about something more tangible. It needs to be, again, to my point about what do we, what do we do? What does it feel like? How, what does it feel like if I'm potentially, I don't really want to come to the office every day. So 
Monday morning, nine o'clock, what does it feel like to work in that organization? So I do think, yeah, I mean, the expectations of that generation are, are higher than ever. And again, it's it's about creating that environment. So the, the more fluffy perks, you know, right now, we feel aren't as important as, as ultimately, you know, enabling em, em, employees in particular of that generation to feel feel like they've been seen, understood, and then ultimately that there's a very strong purpose and mission behind the organization and I guess their work as well. Um, so yeah, I mean expectations are rising for for employers, I suppose, in terms of how they how they create that, that culture that's going to ultimately meet the needs of the next generation of talent that's coming through to, to work in your organization. And I, I don't think don't think we're in a very new paradigm now and I don't think there's any going back. So I think organizations ultimately need to to come to the table here and, and begin to understand how they're going to do that. Every organization is different, different levels of maturity, different industries and verticals and, and, and nuances within that. But ultimately, as I'm touching on some of these topics, you can see the themes that emerge and they're 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 generally they're quite similar um, across the different areas. But yeah, I think that generation will certainly continue to drive an appetite and a level of expectation for employees that, that ultimately will need to be, to be met to attract the best talent. And, you know, one thing as well that I'm also hearing a lot is that employee burnout is, is rapidly on the rise. You know, we're, we're seeing a lot of articles of of people just talking about how they just feel overwhelmed or that they feel like that they're just constantly churning and uh, but for no real purpose. How important a role does culture play in kind of making sure that employees can stay pro- uh, productive without getting burnt out? I suppose the burnout topic has become you know it's not going away. There's a sense at times that we've been probably quick to kind of go to solution mode and kind of support employees with a variety of different programs around burnout. You know, here's a, you know, here's a course to go on to help you feel less burnt out. And I I think where we probably need to focus on is the, is the root cause of that day. You know, what, what exactly is driving that burnout? And certainly from our perspective, we see, lots of um, challenges then in terms of, you know, what does that again, what does the environment look like on a Monday morning? We need to move away from, you know, looking at burnout, you know, we need to look at the causes of that, you know, how are we interacting as a team, as an organization to cause this sense of burnout whereby I'm struggling to balance my work life, I'm answering emails outside of hours, you know, I'm getting pinged across all different types of communication tools, really struggling to switch off. So, Programs have a huge part to play in here, but we need to kind of start with understanding what's happening in the organization ultimately to drive some of these feelings. And I think that's again is where there's probably some gaps right now for organizations in understanding ultimately what's driving the burnout issue in our organization and then what can we do to resolve it. And I think certainly, you know, in terms of pep talk, it's one of the areas we talk a lot about about these you know insights and actions and you know how much how important it is to before you go to the action we need to understand you know understand what's happening in the organization and let's start listening let's look at various different 
data points, I guess, to ultimately start going on a process to build a better experience for our employees. Yeah, I, I think there's a there's a conversation around looking at what's ultimately driving that burnout. Yes, we want to high, you know, we can have a high performance culture while also taking care of people. And that balance is all there's always ultimately a little bit of tension there, but I think organizations can find that balance. And that's where ultimately data can support that. And we'd see a huge growth and ultimately organizations looking to understand their people more especially when they can't walk the floor and maybe how they could have a number of years ago so really understanding the insights and the data points behind what's happening in the organization um, in terms of our people and then designing programs and service of that 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 kind of is for us representative of the little bit of the future and ultimately how we can begin to tackle areas like burnout and and the and the other increasingly, I suppose, concerning areas of, of, of the world of work when it comes to people and how we get that balance right. And for Pep Talk, you know, that's a big passion of ours, getting that balance right and ensuring that people can can enjoy work, get a ton of purpose from it, but also have that balance. And, and that is achievable once you, you know, you, you have those kind of conversations and you build the right habits into your teams and organization. You know, you, you mentioned something there that I, uh, I've i seen just time and time again, where it's like, oh, you're feeling burnt out. Like, take this course on not being burnt out anymore. And it's like, okay, so somebody's coming to you saying that they're burnt out and you're giving them an additional thing to do without asking them any information. Uh, I, I want to jump to something quite uh, quite interesting here because, you know, you really spoke about like how Pep Talk really looks at the data and like actually collects data and collects some like insights that you can bring back to the leadership and management so that they can help build the culture and help manage work-life balance. I imagine though that a lot of the times that you're going in, you're speaking to managers who may have existing misconceptions about what is like the, the culture drivers, like what are the things that are helping prevent burnout? Like what are some of the common misconceptions that you and your team have had to really, uh, really show that um, managers and leaders need to overcome. It's a great question, Dave. And I suppose there definitely is, um, certainly over the last number of years, with with the best intentions, there's been lots of activities. There's been lots of programs. There's been lots of things that have been done to support employees in one way or the other. And when we meet organizations, it, it tends to be, you know, one of two things. We're doing lots of things and stuff um, and we're not 100% sure what's landing or we're getting lots of, we're doing lots of potentially surveys and we're getting lots of insights and data maybe and we're not sure what to do about it. There, there is, is therein lies some of the those is, issues that we see organizations. And again, it's, 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 it's just a level you know, there's been an awful lot to take take in over the last little while. Um, and that's why I, I, I do think that trying to find that balance between insights and action and trying to not just, as, you, as we touched on, go straight to loads of programs because that's what you're kind of feeling is the best thing to do. And similarly, you know, nothing worse than continuously asking people questions and not doing anything about it. Uh, and there can be a challenge with that as well. You know, there can be a, an overload um, of data. And, and I think that that is, 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 is definitely some of those kind of misconceptions. And then ultimately, what do we mean by culture? 
you know, what is it? And, and, and for us, it's very much built around habits and, 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 and activities, not something that, you know, we can, we can tangibly talk about what we do. So to give you an example, within, within Pep Talk, organizations that work with us can talk about, you know, what we do. So we run what we call as our team check-in, you know, this monthly kind of deep dive into your organization and your teams to understand what's happening. We then run a one run activities amongst leaders called team talks, which again are about surfacing up um, topics for your team and your employees to kind of talk about that's non-work related. Um, and then you're iterating and evolving that over time. That That's culture. Simply asking a question, how was your weekend? Maybe very trivial, but that ultimately is, to my point at the start, that's helping people feel like you care about them and they're seen in the organization. Um, them coming to the office and and suddenly that solving the issue organizations are, are, are kind of challenged with, as in, well, let's get everyone back to the office. That will solve any kind of challenges we feel we might have with engaging people and making sure they're productive. You know, all of the the research and the insight suggests that ultimately that's people just want if they want um, emotional proximity. They don't necessarily need physical proximity, but they want to feel like you care about them. So that's kind of that idea of a misconception a little bit around what we mean by by culture and ultimately high performing culture is not something that is, you know, it's not fluffy. Culture is sometimes perceived as, oh, it's all a bit fluffy and can we really capture it and really that's what it's about. It's about what we do, our actions. Um, so I think really thinking about what we might do in a month to help an employee feel part of our organization. And yeah, there's a, there's a role for the social stuff and getting back out there and meeting people, you know, not getting away from that. But, you know, the reality is some of that hybrid stuff um, is going to ultimately mean we need to deliver uh, an experience for people on a weekly basis where they feel that. Uh, Dave so um, yeah there are just so many areas that we probably see so very much around you know maybe a, an overload of data maybe a, an over focus on programs without understanding what's happening and then maybe just a misconception a little bit about what we actually mean by trying to build habits you know in service of the kind of culture we're trying to create. That's really interesting because there's so much that comes to mind here I mean uh, uh, I think we're want to kind of start there is you know you mentioned um just you know what does it mean to actually build a culture and it seems that one of the things that you're kind of saying is like culture isn't about taking charge of people's work it's making sure that the teams feel seen so that they can get their work done um and feel part of like the organization um so like for managers you know you you said like you know, even just simple things of like asking how their day's going and like asking how their weekend is, like those small actions. What are some of the other small actions that managers could take to help just make sure that they're taking care of their team rather than just taking charge of their work? Yeah, no, totally. And I think um, you're right. It, it's, it's, this isn't about, you know, managing people within an, you know in terms of any kind of micromanagement you know and you know checking in in that way i think you're right i think it's about ultimately empowerment um acknowledging that firstly what we're dealing with here is a, a human being um and and we need to ensure that for them to perform at their best 
we need to understand what's happening in their world. And that kind of comes, and that's been the challenge for managers, you know, as you say, you know, they've, they've managed pr- probably a particular way and now there's a need for a rewire and you, 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 you suddenly look at areas such as empathy, emotional intelligence, the ability to kind of have those interpersonal skills so you can begin to develop a sense of camaraderie and a relationship, obviously a little bit harder virtually, but that kind of is a little bit the task at hand. Um, so certainly, you know, building again, you know, reminders into your week to check in with your team, creating the opportunities for that two-way feedback between yourself and your and your direct reports or your or your or or the, or the broader team, and creating that environment to have, you know, a dialogue. You know, that's where and that 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 piece, the team talk, is is tremendously powerful because we can kind of create debate and an understanding around such areas as you know your family your passions your your areas of interest outside of work how we how, how do we create those opportunities to learn about those things um unless we deliberately create and intentionally create that environment um so none of this is is, is rocket science day but it is probably putting those times in your diary each week to talk and, and engage with your team um and that's easier than it may seem for certain managers and leaders that comes very naturally for others you know it's probably the thing they dread most in the week to try and engage on a non-work related topic with their teams uh, and that kind of is, is is where that need to to sort of rewire and, and think differently about our people um, and ultimately that's where you know data and insights can I think help those conversations but it is you know, about creating, you know, if we're doing our, our, our Zoom weeklies or, you know, or engaging in our regular um, BAU or the business as usual, you know, allocating time even within that for some icebreakers to kind of make sure that, you know, we have gone through the week and we have created. And I think that's the bit. It's kind of reflecting on the week or on the month to say, what have I done in the last week or the last 30 days to to help people feel part of this, this organization? Uh, if we're not doing that, then people are going to feel disconnected. They're going to feel disengaged. And ultimately that's where areas, as we're touching on, such as burnout, such as isolation, loneliness, mental health area issues, they become um, areas of, 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 you know, increasing concern, I think, um, unless we have that environment where we can kind of get after these areas a little bit earlier. But a lot of it is, is very simple stuff, um, Dave, in the early stages, you know. Do you know what's funny? As you as you were talking there, I was trying to think of like, you know, the best managers I've had uh, in my career. And, you know, it's often hard to explain like what makes a good manager. But do you know what's funny? As you were talking there, I just realized that the most consistent thing with the best managers I've had is that like, I never saw a meeting with them as a chore. I always look forward to meeting with them. And, you know, the other thing as well is like that at at least like 50% of our one-to-ones would be about everything other than work. Yeah. Like it would be about like what we're doing, TV shows we're watching, like restaurants to check out, like that kind of thing. It's really interesting to kind of, I mean, you've kind of summed it up in a way that's just been a light bulb moment for me there, you know? Yeah. And it's consistency, Dave, as you say, it's, it's actually... It's, it's that, consi- you know, it's not just ad hoc where, oh, you know, I forgot to talk to 
a particular person. I'm going to ring him now. And it's, you know, it, it has to be consistent to your point where it just feels like this is very natural. This is just how we work. And to your point, that's a lovely way of describing it, where this isn't a chore. This is something I look forward to because it's there's this, that sense of camaraderie that's that's developing. And, and it's the same great team, great leaders, great teams as well. It, it's kind of hard to put your finger on it. But when you're part of it, it just is something that you look forward to. You look forward to coming to work. You look forward to interacting with your colleagues. You look forward to the project that you're going to work on or potentially the chance to meet them on a Friday, be that virtually or potentially you're meeting up in person. And I, I think that that is, is sort of what, you're tr- what we're trying to do here is kind of take that feeling and make it a little more scalable and, and tangible for organizations that maybe it's not as easy for. And, and it sounds like you would a great manager there as I say, that doesn't necessarily come naturally. And as organizations scale and they get bigger and, 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 and the ability to, to bring that level of kind of consistency to how they not only engage with people, but how they onboard as well. Onboarding is so much more challenging now. So how do we in that first 90 days really double down on that experience that the employee is going to have and, 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 and get under the hood of, of them um, as, as people, you know? So I, I do think... Um, kind of summing up a fe- that feeling is a is a wonderful thing when you have it and I think a lot of what people are looking for right now is that and I, I think you can actually help organizations build it it's it's just because it's ultimately about what sounds like something that was a habit you know that you had with your manager and was just built you know consistently over time so that's culture ultimately that's what we're trying to do is just create small interactions with teams and, and managers and employees that it just becomes second nature. Uh, and, you know, ultimately that's transformational. That's culture change. That's that's what we need to do now if we're really going to address what's a very different world of work. Um, you know, offices around the globe for many days of the week are empty right now, empty. And organizations are really uncertain as to what to do to, to bring people back. When there's an element that we do need to think about that, but we also just need to think about you know, how are we going to create the environment for, for the dynamic that we currently have, which is which is ultimately a, a hybrid type environment that most employees are, are saying loud and clear that that's what they want. Uh, so the onus on it is us on organizations now to really kind of own that and get after it and, and, and talk about the things that we're talking about today, you know. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you kind of touched on it earlier about the fact that um, there is there's probably so much data that, you know, these companies can pull from to kind of figure that out and to start building it. But like, um, you know, how do you actually turn all of that data, all of that information, all of that uh, kind of insights into actually something that's actionable? Um, Because I imagine that it's, you know, I imagine that for a lot of businesses, especially ones where they're really trying to improve culture, like finding that first step can it could be quite difficult for for the for these organizations right yeah no it, it it is and that's i kind of touched on that a little earlier you know there's there's a there's a there's a there's a huge um need to listen to our employees there's a huge need to to take feedback and the challenge then is sort of trying to as you say look at those da- data points and begin to say right what do we ultimately need to, to do about that? I mean, and how do we how do we try and narrow in on the areas that are of most concern? Um, 
and and that's why I I, I think again you know tra- traditionally organisations would maybe you know you might do a survey you know once a year or biannually, and from that then you look to say right let's do some more focus on whether it's DNI, well-being, you know, CSR, charitable initiatives, those areas that are people are rightly very passionate about. Let's do more in that. But sometimes there's a ton of there's a big delta between the figuring out what we want to do and then doing something about it. And, and I think the world of work is is at such is in such you know flux, I guess, right now that we need to be much more dynamic. You know, we almost need to narrow in the type of areas we want to focus in. Um, and then be much more dynamic in how we intervene and, and really try and close that gap between you know the signal we're getting from the from the employee and the action we're taking. Um, you know, at Pep Talk right now, we we do try and zone in on you know particular topics, be that kind of teamwork, be that connection, be that home life, you know, and, and look, you know, and working with the behavioral scientists in our team to sort of say, okay. Here's some themes that we're going to ask some, you know, we're going to get we're going to get a data point here suggesting that particular parts of your organization are struggling in these particular areas. So why we don't have an, you know, uh, the, the, the list of areas isn't, you know, we narrow in on them to allow us to ultimately design interventions. And listen, we, we've lots of potential to grow out that and, and figure out broader ways. But, but I, I do think what you see. Um, is particular areas and then particular particular insights and particular action programs and there's lots of synergies amongst organizations in dealing with those challenges but the reality is you need to be much you need to be really dynamic and you need to try and shorten down you know the the gap between create getting a data point and making an intervention and that's ultimately back to kind of i suppose the the mission and the vision of pep talk uh dave which is you know around teams and why it's teams is that that's where you get work done and if it's a smaller cons it's a smaller construct in terms of that team you're kind of working with then the opportunity in theory is that like lots of different parts of your organizations are, are have are designing and embarking on different interventions based on their particular challenges as a team and i, I think that can be you know, very, very um, transformational as well, that we move away from a one-size-fits-all intervention to much more of a bespoke, focused pieces as, as because, you know, we, 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 we spoke this morning to a customer with, you know, employees across 40 different locations globally. I mean, the idea that we can run an intervention that will address the nuances within that is, is just very, very challenging. So that's why, you know, get down into teams, you know, and, and let's understand what's really happening on the ground. And I think that's the data point that lots of organizations maybe don't have. And I think they can do an awful lot with that at a, in a shorter time frame than maybe some of the, the big bang surveys that lead them with lots of data, but a challenge to your point of figuring out what, what we're going to do with it. That's actually really, really interesting to hear because, you know, I, I'm just thinking of like large scale multinational corporations where, you know, they're, they, they may try to solve like the culture challenge and it, it can sometimes appear tone deaf because as you say, it's like they're trying to one size fits all, you know, it's like the, oh, you're burnt out. Well, every second Friday will be a no meetings day. It's like, okay, great. But you're not like actually tackling the challenges. So like, yeah. it really sounds like that you guys at pep talk are really honing in on not just like, Hey, here's what you can do broad strokes, but also like, Hey, here's specific challenges that we're seeing in this team and this kind of 
scenario and here's like kind of directions of like how we can kind of take these insights and learnings and improve the culture here exactly exactly and and that's the reality i mean i think the idea that we can have an you know i just you know with an organization of a, of a certain scale that we can kind of have one cult, you know we have a this is a bit we can we can align ourselves to the value of the culture of an organization but then we need to connect to the more microculture of the organization and, and its teams in particular and primarily that's led by by managers dave so again like all the research in the last number of years i think it's the you know obviously outside of potentially compensation you know the number one reason remains why people are leaving organizations it's 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 around leadership and it's around you know a lack of engagement a lack of inspiration so these are these sort of I guess subcultures that exist in particular in a hybrid environment, you know, so really, you know, my week is primarily going to revolve around the people I do a lot of work with and whoever my, my manager is and the company then needs to tool up their, their leaders and managers to be able to lead effectively in that type of environment. So provide them with more data and then help them ultimately and enable them to, to sort of get better, become a better leader. And ultimately from that, they're going to have a more engaged team. It's going to be in better environment. So yeah, like I, I, we, we, we believe that, that that's why we need to focus on the organization um, and, and the employee experience, but more importantly, the team experience, because that's where, all the um, data now, you know, in terms of belonging, in terms of feeling seen, these aren't uh, individual pursuits. These are these are pursuits that I want to I want to have a shared experience at work. I want to come to work and feel part of something. So I need to feel that with other people. So it's that's why, you know, we need to work very very hard on creating, you know, leaders that understand that that your role now as a leader. In, in this new world of work is to be really intentional about, to your point about, as your manager clearly was back in, when you mentioned him, that's that intentionality piece as well. So if they understand that ultimately they now own culture because it's, it's, it's so disseminated in an organization, then my team culture and maybe your team culture may be slightly different and we might interact slightly differently, but some of those habits and the behaviors are the same. So we are checking in every week, every month. We are running different programs. Maybe you're focusing on connecting your team. I'm focusing maybe on a bit of a burnout issue within my team. So we're going after different areas, all in service of ultimately organizational you know, goals around becoming a better organization, better team, and, and all the, the, the usual stuff that ultimately we need to focus on as a business. But we need to underpin that now with, with this sort of, what we kind of call as team experience um, and we're very passionate about it and we believe it, it ultimately represents an awful lot of, of of what organizations and employees are now looking for and and you know there, there is a journey to go on i guess to understand and, and hopefully support many organizations globally in, in these challenges because it feels like we're only probably at the start of, of the journey here uh, to support organizations and the challenges will remain uh, over the next number of years it does sound like, though, that one of the, the things that can be very helpful is making sure that organizations empower the, the team managers um, to enable them to make, the, make some of these decisions themselves as well of like what works best for your 
for your individual team, not just what works best for the entire organization. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And I think when we think about the employee, you know, experience, that's, you know, we need to look at everything from onboarding, as I touched on earlier, to meeting culture. I mean, that's a big area right now, you know, how many organizations are having too many meetings? How, <laughs> how many employees are disengaged because there's too many meetings? And we, we, we kind of have gone from one extreme to the other and we're still in this limbo. I'm probably not really sure what's the best methodology there. That's certainly something in terms of workplace engagement that we find is, is a big area right now. Um, and, and ultimately, while we've loads of collaboration tools, what are those? What, what are the best ones to ultimately boost productivity? So I, I think, um, you know, that has to be, we have to be quite granular about that and we need to really look at our teams and, and figure out how we do that uh, ultimately at scale, but cognizant of the, of the team element within that as well, Dave, yeah. I love that. I mean, it, it really does seem like that pep talk are focusing on um, almost like this idea of like, yes, we want to scale, but we want to make sure that we do a considered scaling where it's like, Hey, we want to help your entire organization, but we, we want to make sure that we're doing it at the team level. Yeah, no, we want to, we want to ultimately, yeah, that's our, I mean, our mission is, is very much around that to kind of support organizations and building a better workplace for all employees, but to, to, to recognize that maybe how we thought we would do, we're doing that or, or, or did do, do that up to this point, we need to kind of change. And I, I think that's, uh, I think organizations that are seeing that, that's ultimately um, where they're going to future-proof themselves in terms of talent attraction, in terms of employee engagement into the future. So that's this idea, I think, of, of creating that right, the, the team experience concept. And when you talk to people, as you say, most people, when you say to them, you know, do you remember when you're part of a great team, what did it feel like? They usually get very passionate when they talk, at length about that and and so then just think about okay well how do we scale that how do we think about what were those things that people did uh, to make you feel really kind of part and, and and enjoy that particular part of your career how we scale that and i think they're the type of organizations and conversations that we should be having at a, at a senior you know this isn't this is this is a exact you know this is a boardroom conversation i mean over the last number of years retention and engagement has become a boardroom conversation. And, you know, the challenge with retention and attrition in these areas, Dave, is they're, the, the horses bolted to, to use that kind of um, paraphrase, you know, that, that, that's the challenge, the horses. Attrition, if we have an attrition rate of X, the problem's in the room. Um, and that's where, again, because we've done a ton of data on what's happening within our people and within our teams, you know, then we're left with just this kind of bald number. Okay, our attrition rate has moved from A to B. What are we going to do about it? Where, you know, if you if you look, if, you, if we bring our, you know, if we kind of go back six months from that time, that's where if we were looking and engaging with our teams in this way and, and understanding the sentiment within them and understanding the types of challenges they're having and then designing some interventions um, through software to support that, that's really where you'd like to have been. And then we can begin to sort of uh, have a more, I suppose, a broader conversation um, in regard to an attrition area or a, or a problem with engagement or a problem with productivity. 
you know, that's the the missing gap in the boardroom we feel right now is the very little data on on their people. And if you don't understand your people, you can't understand performance. Ultimately, you can't understand what makes people get up in the morning. And you need to try and you know understand that. You know, we we talk. I always you know in the sports world, high performing sports, and not that you want to go to that level of detail, but they they look at every element of a of a sports person's performance and when they go on the pitch they're analyzing lots of things to try and understand how do we tweak and amend and improve the performance of a player every every probably 15 20 minutes you know and there's lots of data that's emerging as the match is ongoing you know if we think about that in the corporate world it's about okay how do we develop more data on our people to help us understand month to month what's happening and then design interventions much more in the flow rather than waiting to the end of the year to the big clunky survey let's just get in under this challenge at a much more um you know micro level than than maybe we have done to date so fascinating area for us and one that we believe is 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 really going to explode over the next number of years you know you said something there that i feel like could be a mantra for every leader it's if, when you don't understand people, you don't understand performance. I absolutely love that. I think that's <laughs> really. Insane. We need to get that on the on the website, do we? Oh, <laughs> uh, that that's gonna be the that's gonna be the quote that I that I okay. open this podcast with. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Well, this is sometimes you come out with some like yeah. So I need to go back to the marketing team with that one. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, but you know you you know you 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 finish up there by talking about like you know, your, your mission and your vision and everything else. And like, just how this is going to continue growing as a topic. So what does success for pet talk look like, uh, in, in the, the forthcoming year and beyond? Yeah. Well, listen, it's a very exciting time for pep talk. Um, Dave, like over the next, we, we, we've, we've, over the last number of years, been lucky enough to work with a number of our, you know, blue chip customers, um, but the likes of Verizon, PayPal, Northern Trust, Global Payments, lots of big uh, multinationals. And, and over the next number of years, or sorry, over the next number of months, we're going to be, you know, partnering up with a number of them in the US. So you're going to, you know, see a lot more of, of pet talk um, on the US shores. Um, and we're very excited about that. Um, we'll, we'll be opening an office, um, we'll be hiring. And ultimately, we'd be, you know, um, expanding across to US um, in service, ultimately, of, of what we're seeing is a is a growing appetite and a, I suppose a growing challenge in terms of how we how we kind of um, re-engineer and re-architect our, our strategy to, to, to align with this world of work. So, yeah, listen, we've been lucky enough over the last number of years to have we have a great team in pep talk you know and we're we're continuously growing and we have a lot of people that are ultimately passionate the great thing about working in our space you know we can we can build a great business here and um, but we can also make a real difference and I, I think that that is a is a very lucky position and um, that we don't take for granted that we're in that we can we can build a business that hopefully will, will be successful and and ultimately um you know, be a big player on the global stage of, of the new world of work, Dave, but also, um, you know, every conversation that we've enabled in an organization, every check-in that's happened as a result of a manager leaning into our software to make it easy and, and accessible to do, that's a huge win for us. And it's, you know, been part of something that's very positive uh, and ultimately trying to create, um, you know, a better world uh, of work for, for, for employees that's 
a lovely and, and something, as I say, that we're very passionate about. So, you know, we're always going to be growing the team. We're going to be looking for other people to join us in our mission. Um, and we believe that the U.S., um, has great opportunity and we're, we've seen other Irish startups obviously come to the US and be successful. They've been inspirational for us. Um, but I, you know, I'm going to be moving over myself um, in the new year. Um, so I'm excited about personally on my own journey uh, in terms of understanding and, and, and taking on uh, hopefully um, a successful um, journey into the US. Uh, and there'll be plenty of the pep talk team hopefully joining me over the next number of years as well, in addition to hopefully some new hires. Fantastic stuff. And is uh, finally, just to close this out, is there anything that the digital Irish audience can help you with, especially with the uh, the growth and expansion in the US? Yeah, well, listen, I, I, I was lucky enough to meet um, some of the community recently on a, on a trip to New York. So it's it's an incredible organization and, and, and big shout out to, to Dave, you, Dave, and, and others who've been um, instrumental in in obviously getting getting it up off the ground and yeah listen I suppose uh, on a personal capacity yeah listen I've been lucky to, to chat to some entrepreneurs who come to Ireland and brought their family along um, and some of the the do's and don'ts there uh, and and yeah from a from an organisation perspective I suppose one we'd love to talk to um, you know anyone within the community that felt that we could you know make a difference in their organisation big or small we're always interested in having a conversation and, and understanding if there's a, a role pep talk can play um, but yeah no listen I'm delighted to be part of the community myself Dave and, and would see it as a great chance to you know share learnings um, and, and certainly yeah if any of the community wants to get in touch you know there are, are my, I'll obviously hopefully give you my details off the back of um, our chat today and on the website etc and as I say I'll be over a lot over the next number of months as well uh, and I'm looking forward to being part of further community events uh, and again it's it's a great uh, the, the Irish American piece is something that you know I'm, I'm very proud of being um, you know Irish myself and coming to America and, and so far everyone has been so helpful um, in terms of trying to understand your business and then how they, how they can ultimately help. So uh, any help that the community can provide me, uh, Pep Talk is, um, is very, very welcome. So again, thanks for the opportunity to be part of this podcast. And uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, taking the next step over the next number of months. Fantastic stuff. Well, thank you so much for joining, James. And we look forward to connecting with you more when you move, make the move over. Thanks, Dave. Cheers. And that is it for this episode. Thank you again to James Brogan from Pep Talk for joining us. And a reminder to all of you, if you are listening and you feel like you have something that you want to share with the Digital Irish community, please do reach out to us at hello at digitalirish.com. For now, though, thank you again for listening. Catch you next time. This podcast is brought to you by the Digital Irish Network. To find out more about the Digital Irish Network, check out www.digitalirish.com. On the website, you'll also find out more information about networking, events, news, and much, much more, all with a little bit of an Irish flair.